You are listening to the Inclusion Revolution Radio. I'm your podcast host, Noby Craven. I'm a Special Olympics DC athlete and a Special Olympics international employee. On this podcast, I interview athletes, partners, ambassadors, employees, and supporters of Special Olympics. This podcast is for anyone and everyone who's interested in Special Olympics and the work that we do. New episodes premiere every other Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, anywhere you get your podcast. Today, we'll be talking with Ayman Wahab and Sharif Al-Fali of Special Olympics Mina. Mr. Ayman joins us today with an impressive background in Special Olympics as the current regional president and managing director of Special Olympics International, Middle East, North Africa. Mr. Ayman is a veterinary and leader for the movement, beginning his Special Olympics career over 20 years ago as the SO Egypt National Director. Mr. Ayman has helped grow the population of Special Olympics athletes in the MENA region for a few thousand to more, to more than 200,000 athletes. We are so excited to have also have Sharif join our show as he's been involved with Special Olympics for 29 years. He oversees Special Olympics program games and competitions in 22 countries in the MENA region. He also has helped supervise and organize numerous regional and global competitions, including Special Olympics World Games in Abu Dhabi in 2019. Welcome Mr. Ayman and Sharif to the Inclusion Revolution podcast. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Novi, for hosting us. It's really our pleasure and honor to be with you. Mr. Ayman and Sharif, why did you choose to work for Special Olympics? It came to me actually totally by chance. My aunt was like, let us say she was Eunice Kennedy Shriver of Egypt. She was the one who started Special Olympics in Egypt. And she was uh, at that time looking for someone to help her. She looked at her nephew as a start. And actually I joined them, helping them on the national level with Special Olympics Egypt for two years. And during this time, I'm not sure if I was lucky or not, but I met Tim Shriver in Egypt during the first MENA Games, which I was responsible to head the LOC of. So, and at that time, he asked me to join SOI as the first ever uh, regional uh, president for the Middle East North Africa. For me, uh, it was a um, mere chance. Also, as well, like Mr. Ryan, um, as I was uh, in charge of uh, one of the school's activities, including uh, physical education department with 24 PE teachers in one of the most um, reputable schools in Egypt at that time. Um, and this school would have like special classes for students with uh, intellectual disability. And the same person that uh, Mr. Ryan was talking about, uh, Magda Musa, was the manager of this school. And she asked me to organize uh, an event and competition for uh, uh, those school special classes with another uh, center for uh, intellectual disabilities. At the same day that we I, I organized this event, one of the Special Olympics employees was invited to that event. 
And uh, when he saw the event, he told her that you have all the facilities to be uh, one of Special Olympics uh, accredited programs. Uh, she agreed um, as Special Olympics Egypt founder and pushed me in the beginning uh, to be in with her till I realized that uh, I am part of this organization and it's very hard to be away from it, especially when I get uh, close to the athletes uh, during the events and competition and training for uh, course. Uh, then after Mr. Ayman, when he get uh, president for uh, and uh, managing director for uh, Middle East North Africa, he get me with him in the office. Sharif, what sports do you have in Middle East North Africa? In Middle East North Africa, we have uh, 28 summer and winter sports, uh, individual and team sports. Um, I believe that we have uh, most of the Special Olympics sports. Um, athletics, badminton, basketball, uh, beach ball, volleyball, pochi, bowling, uh, floorball, um, futsal, golf, handball, sailing, uh, table tennis. Actually, all most of the uh, Special Olympic sports that we have in, in the region, in addition to uh, some other sports like speedball, for example, some programs have their own sports they are doing. Mr. Ayman, what was it like to have the first ever Special Olympics Pan-African African game to Egypt in 2020. And our countries in the Middle East still having special books games in their countries due to COVID. Yeah. Actually, you know, we started the, the MENA games back in 1999, as I told you. The first one was I was responsible for this LOC. Since that time, we hosted or we organized like nine uh, regional games. Since 1999 till the year 2018, it was serving also as test games for uh, the World Games of Abu Dhabi. So it was hosted by Abu Dhabi. This gave us really, you know, the uh, experience and also the faith that if we started working on the Pan-Africa Games, that we will be successful as long as we have all this a uh, long time of experience with the games. So we decided to host the first ever Special Olympics Pan-African Games only like six months before the games. Uh, we, we were trying to help my colleague, you know, Charles Nyambi. He is the president for the Africa region. And he was looking for a country that can start this, you know, cycle. So we helped him to host the first ever games and hoping the Rwanda uh, will be you know hosting the second one so we just try to give him a push to be able to start his own games here uh, as long as we were really so well organized to the extent that we were the only region throughout the movement who, which have been hosting uh, regional games uh, on a regular basis every two years. Uh, the countries in the Middle East uh, still having uh, games? No, actually they were in mostly in lockdown during COVID. And we are trying to help them, you know, by having all of our activities virtually. But still, it's not, you know, what we are aiming for or what we are looking for because the Pan-Africa Games and before it was the World Games in Abu Dhabi, 
So I, we were hoping at that time in the year 2020, they will be having a great legacy. Uh, we were stopped, you know, for now two years almost. Uh, however, we are still conducting all our business in uh, a virtual mode. But I believe that when we are back uh, to play or back to work, uh, I believe we will be doing much, much more uh, activities uh, in view of the legacy of the Pan-Africa Games. Yeah. Do you have a favorite special mix moment that sticks out from all of your amazing experiences? I believe that uh, everyone who's working in Special Olympics that they will have a lot of moments. And something very strange that, um, that the one that I uh, always remember, it's a very long time ago, she was the mother of one of our athletes. And during one of our summer camps when I was working in Special Olympics Egypt, she, she came and asked me to, to bring her, uh, her son to participate in the, in the summer camp. And I, I know her son. I know him very well that his name is Mahmoud, that I told her Mahmoud is already with us, he's participating with us. But she told me, no, I'm not, not talking about Mahmoud, I'm talking about his brother. I told her that I don't know that you have uh, two sons with uh, intellectual disability. And she told me, no, he's without intellectual disability. I told her, why you won't bring him in the summer camp? At that time, that we, uh, we don't know anything about uh, unified sports at that time. That, um, and I asked her, why you won't bring him with, with, you, with his brother? She told me that I want him to take the opportunity that his brother take. And uh, a word very touchful for me that when she told me, I want him to be like his brother. She wants her son with intellectual disability to be like her son without. This word, when she told me that, I, I, I realized that we did something uh, very valuable in the Special Olympics. And from this moment that I changed everything, every, my thinking about Special Olympics, even my career, I changed everything. This word, when this lady told me that it changed a lot of things in my life. I, I, I appreciate that. Definitely, you know, everything that you and I'm doing are definitely amazing because it shows that people are really included and want to be included in organizations like Special Olympics. And I think that's definitely amazing story tell everybody that everybody should hear that story uh, mr iman why do you yeah. envision the next 20 years to look like for special mix Mino? you know it will be a much easier job for any new president when he or she takes over at least they will not start from scratch we have we started from scratch we had a very tough job at the beginning to let people first understand, to let the government official understand what we are really doing. It took us like five years, at least, uh, the first you know, five-year plan uh, to get people acquainted with what we are doing. The newcomers, I think, one day or the coming 20 years, I'm here talking about not only on the regional level, I'm talking about uh, the program level too. Uh, because normally, you know, no, no one will stay more than 20 years. So normally the next 20 years will be with mostly with new people uh, from the program, new people from the region, new people from the headquarters. So, but they will be having a very solid program in the Middle East, North Africa, yeah, that they will start from 
and build on. It's not the same case when we joined and we were running after people. Now people are mostly uh, running after Special Olympics. So I'm, I'm very optimistic about the future of the movement in uh, the next 20 years here in the Middle East, North Africa. Mr. Ivan, Mr. Lee, what does inclusion mean to you? We, we, all of us need inclusion, by the way. It's not only in, in, in the idea of having people with or without intellectual disabilities here. Every single field in life needs some sort of inclusion. If we're talking about two different parties on a political level, they must be inclusive to absorb each other. If we are talking about uniting a movement or uniting a country, then inclusion should be there. Of course, in our field, it's much more required and not say, we should not say required, but it's really urgent. Uh, but I believe it's urgent now too in all other fields of life, in all our other aspects of uh, life. So let's hope you know, that people start to be more inclusive uh, in all aspects of life, not only with people with intellectual disability uh, versus people uh, without intellectual disabilities. Yeah, I agree with you 100% uh, uh, yeah. what you said, but uh, also the inclusion leads to success. And I believe inclusion, um, everyone, have to be part in that success, whatever uh, his role, his gender, his nationality, have to be part of that success, this inclusion. Thank you, Ms. Diamond and Sharif for joining the Inclusion Revolution. You're both helping to create positive change, not only in the medium, but throughout the Special Olympics world. We thank you for all your work and everything you have contributed to the movement. Thank you for listening to the Inclusion Revolution Radio. Don't forget to subscribe. Tune in again in two weeks for a new episode.